This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Hey, listeners, uh, Andy and I are here today, and yeah. we get to interview a really cool couple. Uh, but Andy, before we jump in, mm-hmm. you are a marriage counselor. I am. And a uh, question for you, what do you love about marriage counseling? Oh, boy. Um, I I love a lot about marriage counseling. I would say one of the biggest ones is just getting to see um, a couple who is struggling, a couple, a couple who is having a hard time relating to one another, or even sometimes understanding one another, um, and, and being able to step into that and, and bring a new level of clarity so that they can, uh, they can hear a different perspective, see each other from a, a different point of view, and oftentimes just understand each other on much deeper levels. That is a perfect segue <laughs> to, uh, so listeners, today what we're going to do uh, first is we are going to interview a couple I got to counsel. And, uh, and how you describe that, Andy, is perfect to Eric and Lisa Miller. Wonderful. So Eric, Lisa, welcome to Together. Thank you. Hi, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm just meeting you guys. Um, great, great to have you on the, on the podcast. Um, I'd love to hear more of your guys' story. Can you guys kind of tell me uh, some of, how'd you guys meet? Tell me a little about yourselves. Oh, Yes. Um, I, so at my, for my job, I'm the pastry chef at the JW Marriott downtown. Okay. Um, and Eric joined as the in-room dining supervisor. Mm-hmm. So we had met at that point. Um, and a little bit about me is I had been married before. So um, I was not looking to date or be in a relationship mm-hmm. at all. But when Eric started working there, the girls who worked with me said, oh, you should date him. <laughs> I was like, no, no. But the more that I talked to him, I just, I really liked him. And he's, he's funny. And uh, so I, we kept talking. And then, but I also wasn't going to date Eric because typically people who work in kitchens, like it's a very not Jesus culture. Mm. So I mm. assumed that Eric did not have a relationship with God. So I was like, no, I'm not going to. Sure. And so Eric also had a. Yeah, I guess to say it is I'm kind of the opposite of Lisa where she was saying like, hey, I'm not looking for anybody to marry. I was looking for somebody to marry. Um, just <laughs> not in a kitchen because <laughs> like. And I know a lot of listeners probably work in kitchens. I don't want to be derogatory, (laughs) but just the vast majority of people in the kitchen are usually rougher, not looking for Jesus, a lot of daddy issues, but like that kind of a circumstance. And so I just had sworn off it. I think I had even told God, hey, like that chef over there, Lisa, she looks very attractive, but I'm not going to kind of look into that relationship. Um, And then I re- Kind of like regretted that later. And then I tried to look into that relationship <laughs> um, where I tried to set it up for myself. So in the chef world, there's this guy named um, Chef Escoffier from back okay. in the day. And in the chef world, it's like a big to-do. Um, if you're a Cubs fan, it's the Lou Pinella of oh, French culinary. Great analogy. You know? <laughs> if you're like a Lions fan, I don't know if you've ever had a good coach in the Lions. <laughs> but, um, but that was the idea. So I set up this big day at my house for chefs basically to be like, Hey, we're going to have an Escoffier cook night. So everybody is responsible for like a, an appetizer or d'oeuvre, the main entree. And I 
asked Chef Lisa, hey, you want to do the dessert for Escoffier mm. night just to kind of get her to my house? And um, <clears throat> it fell through literally the, like uh, two nights before. Mm-hmm. And like everybody else is planning on it. Chef Lisa's like, hey, I got to bail. The GVSU graduation's happening. And I was bummed. I literally canceled it on everybody else. Oh, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) You are a bad person. I am. I am absolutely a bad person. But but that was, it was very interesting because the story of how we met is connected to that. And I think it's because I think overall, I think God had this idea that I'm going to bring you two together. Hmm. Um, But Eric, I need you to know that it was me, not you. Mm. Because that was going to set the tone for the rest of our marriage. Um, so what I was doing is I was like, okay, that's over. That's it. God, I told you I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to connect with Lisa. I tried (laughs) mea culpa. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, uh, just a couple days later I was walking through the kitchen and the, the male chefs were kind of gathered around talking about things male chefs like to talk about. And, um, one of the younger cooks that was new was like, Hey, um, what do you think about that chef Lisa? You think I got a shot? And the, the chef de cuisine at the time was like, no. You don't want to try for Chef Lisa. And I stopped. I was like, well, why not? Like, what's wrong? That's funny. Does she have a murder rap or something? Like, and uh, But then he goes, like, in this big burly voice, she loves Jesus. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, it was over. I asked her out the next day, like the next oh, morning. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. And where did it go from there? From there, we dated. I wasn't going to say yes, because as I had mentioned, I was in a marriage before. But I, I just enjoyed being around him, and I just felt comfortable saying, like, yeah, let's, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. And the the longer we hung out, I think it was maybe three or four months, and I was like, I I really like this guy. And then it freaked me out, because I'm like, <laughs> I'm not getting married again. What am I supposed mm-hmm. to do now? <laughs> so I called my best friend, and I was like, I don't know what to do. She's like, you can do this. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I talked a lot to God, and just, well, and that was, um, Eric started seeking counseling at that point, and then mm-hmm. I got kind of pulled into that as well. So I was able to talk through a lot of the things that I had been hesitant about, about getting married again. And then what was, uh, Eric, for you, what was uh, the, so you dated for a while. What was the moment of like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this. Oh yeah. That was, that was, um, I think month four and a half is when we said, I love you. Sure. And then for me, I'd been a chronic, um, chronic dater. So like fear of commitment, mm-hmm. never let anybody too close. And so I think the moment I said those words, something inside me broke. And then that oh. was, uh. That was the very interesting time period of like, okay, wow, things are getting serious. <laughs> like this is like this is a little out there. Huh. But so what what was that journey from from like things broke, things are getting serious to kind of being ready to ask the question? <laughs> well, that that is the how did you get together question with the other person at the table, Kelly Bonniewell. Um so <laughs> so when I said broke, so um with those um issues that I had faced with commitment um, something I've never felt before was jealousy. Had no idea really. Like I've seen the movies and things like that, you know, Streetcar Named Desire. But then um, as soon as I said that, I started having these wild, vivid fantasies of Lisa like cheating on me. Like I'd be driving to her house, absolutely sure I was going to see another guy jumping out the window or, you know, things like this. And if you know Lisa, you realize kind of how absurd that sounds. Mm, very um, much so. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was like, I immediately knew I was like, this is not grounded in something that's real this feels very like kind of oppressive and odd 
Um, so I had talked to another friend of mine who was a uh, pastor at Ada Bible at the time, and he was like, hey, I've got this guy for you to talk to. He's a director of care here, um, and he helps people that don't know where to go. You know, he's not going to take you on. Um, he'll do that sometimes with the really bad cases, but what he'll do is he'll <laughs> hear your story, and he'll say, like, hey, maybe you should connect with this mentor or connect with this counselor, or if you do need therapy, like, hey, maybe a therapist is the right idea. And so I meet with Kelly, and we talk, and um, at the end of it, he goes, Eric, I, I think we should talk again. And I was like, no. I'm the bad one. Um, but no, it was, it was really great. There was, um, and this is kind of one of the reasons I am such a big proponent for counseling, is that a lot of times the things that we're experiencing in real time, we think we know what's causing that. And a lot of times we don't. And so we'll try to address it ourselves and it won't work and we'll get frustrated. But um, one of the things that Kelly drew me to was at that time in my life, even though I was a Christian seeking God, I had fallen short on my relationship with Jesus. And once we started working that out together, the jealousy disappeared. Mm-hmm. It was a non-issue. It was really just me slowing down, taking time to hear God. And then we got to talk about later some issues I had from childhood. And that sort of really propelled me forward and being able to say like, okay, I think I could settle down get married, start a family. Wow. Mm-hmm. So just rooting yourself in, in Christ was the, was the key. Mm-hmm. Lisa, what, uh, what, when I, the thing I don't know is what got you to the, the wedding to the wedding. I don't know that part of your story. It was, I guess, sort of to echo you. Eric, I did a lot of talking to God Um, and talking to Kelly, who I also, because I would pray before we even go to talk to you and the difference it makes. I'm sure there's a lot of extremely intelligent and talented counselors out there who don't follow Christ, but to speak to somebody who is a Christ follower and that's how they make their decisions and that's how they view the world, it was made a big difference to me. Um, so in speaking with Eric and Kelly, um, with, you know, the three of us together, cause I'd been in counseling, um, before myself having gone through, um, a previous marriage. Um, it was amazing. He, he also knew God, loved God. And that was extremely helpful to, um, just to kind of know where, kind of where I stood, like what's, what's real. Cause in, I don't know, various search situations, you kind of think, well, am I the crazy one in this situation? Like what's the rock here? Mm-hmm. So to be pointed back to um, what's actually true and what's, what's scriptural. Yeah. Um, and Eric um, very much seeks God in, in everything. So God showed to me just over and over again, he would kind of like bump me and go look and see something that Eric did the way that he was very honest with me, the way he genuinely would care for me. Um, and just the way that the fact that he does put God first, I know that his heart is in the right place and he's not going to give up on us. It's not going to be what I had experienced before. Um, God just really showed me through Eric, this is what I meant marriage to be. This is what a partner is. This is what I want you two to do in working together. How many years have you guys been married right now? Almost eight. Yeah. Eight years. Mm -hmm. Okay. So counseling for us. So phase one, Eric, it was you and me. Mm -hmm. And we were dealing with 
and we'll we'll get to it a little bit more the brokenness issues. And then you introduced me to Lisa, mm-hmm. and everybody loves Lisa. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember we'd meet at Click Coffee uh, <laughs> and right. and do uh, and do some premarital stuff. Mm-hmm. For Lisa, for you, it was uh, commitment issues, which we'll talk about that as well. But then the third phase, which I don't know if we'll get to this part, mm-hmm. but the third phase is during COVID. There was a long stretch where we would talk, but it wasn't it wasn't counseling, so to speak. Uh, but during COVID, I mean, everybody was going through it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Truth. I remember you guys reaching out and just saying, hey, can we have uh, phone conversations? We're struggling. And that struggle, which again, we'll get to this, is about finances. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a key key struggle that we were talking about during mm-hmm. COVID. And, and we did that exclusively on the phone. So mm-hmm. uh, just listeners out there, that mm-hmm. is a different modality of how you can do counseling. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Always have to be face to face. So, uh, Lisa, starting with you, can you just share with our listeners what was your barrier in terms of the commitment stuff? Um, so, I got married. I was twenty one, and I got mm-hmm. married. And good guy, my family all loved him. He didn't have a relationship with with God, but at that point in my life, I thought that's okay because he's interested in going to church with me and. It'll kind of work itself out. And actually now that I look back on my own relationship with God, it was not that strong at that time. I grew up in a Christian family. I went to church and no part of me thought I don't love God. Mm. But I think just looking back, I also didn't, I did not know God well enough. I didn't put enough emphasis on God. What do you want me to do? What do you have to say Mm. about this? But all that being said, my family all liked this guy um, he was, yeah, like I said, a, a good guy, but then after we were married, um, I, and he came from a, a, a hard background, his family, he had lived a lot of different, um, struggles, but, um, his, his father committed suicide. Um, mm. we were married mm-hmm. for a, a year and his dad took his life and that seemed to be kind of a, a breaking point mm. for him. Um, and he started, I noticed him drinking more and we had always, like, he'd always drank, like we went to college together and I just didn't think anything of it at that time. But then I noticed it just getting more and more, um, by himself, um, a lot of escapism. Um, and I just, I was finally like, I don't think this is okay. And then talking to him, you know, there was just like, it's no, it's fine. Um, but I, yeah, it just got worse. Things wow. really got bad. And so I think we were married for six years. And I was like, I need to talk to somebody about this. And it was actually really hard for me to pull that trigger. And I had no problems with like counseling. I didn't have any kind of like stigma in my head. But for me, I think I just thought I can figure this out or I need to figure this out. But then after that amount of time passed, I, I was I cannot figure this out. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. So I started going to um, a different guy and he was wonderful and uh, talked me through it. And I was in counseling for about two years um, with him because I, um, my husband at the time was, um, he went uh, a couple times to like a rehab center, um, but he just didn't want it enough because we ended up separating because I learned a lot about healthy boundaries Mm -hmm. and we separated and I did not want to get a divorce there. Um, 
you see divorce all around you. And mm-hmm. I thought I'm not going to be one of those. I, this is, I made my decision. And so I have to figure this out. I told God I was going to do this. Um, but he, he didn't want to get well enough mm-hmm. to actually get well. So finally at one point, God, like I said, after about two years of me being in counseling, God said, you don't have to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just, the relief I felt, cause I was still scared to tell people and because I was going to a different church at the time, I still, I didn't want anybody to know. I thought they are just going to be disappointed and this is not what you're supposed to do. But God sent me a really cool mentor at my church. She just one day was like, are you okay? And I just started crying and I told her everything and she was wonderful. Like just, yeah, so helpful. Um, so that was, I was like, well, I'm not doing that again. Because when I was married, I thought marriage is terrible. Why do people do this? I don't oh, understand. Funny, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Marriage is terrible. Yeah. That's a good headline <laughs> right. for uh, together. That'll yeah. be your takeaway from today. <laughs> right. Could that be the title for the podcast? <laughs> yeah. um, but then after getting out of that relationship and just getting in a healthier mindset, that <laughs> I was like, oh, marriage isn't, my marriage was terrible. Marriage is not Mm. terrible. But I also thought that was my shot and I messed it up. Mm, Sure. So I, and, and he, he changed so much from when we got married. I was like, that's another reason I'm not doing this again Mm -hmm. because I'm going to marry somebody else. And then what, like the same thing's going to happen. Like, I just, I don't think I'm doing, going to do this again. So I just kind of made peace. I, to some degree with the fact that I was just going to be, alone for the rest of my life. And I was trying to wrap my head around what that would be like, but I thought, well, this is the way it is. And, and I, my relationship with God grew exponentially during that time. Not that I want to like do that again, but I also, Mm -hmm. I guess silver lining that, but I don't regret how much, how much closer I got to God in that and how much he showed himself and who he is. Yeah. I can absolutely come alongside. So no interest in, in, in remarriage and then, Enter Eric. Yes. Um, and Eric has commitment issues as well. Yes. Yeah, I want to hear, hear some from your side too. Uh, tell us some about that background for you. Yeah. So I came from a, um, a very, a very, I think common thing in the 1980s and the 1990s. Um, just the, the tumultuous, violent marriages that refuse to get a divorce cause it's a sin. Um, so there's like, um, just constant sort of like aggression, constant fighting, but there's really no quest to seek out the tools to make that fighting stop. Like where you're like, well, we're married, so we're stuck together, mm-hmm. miserable, but we love each other. And so therefore this is holy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I came out very like, <laughs> I heard Lisa saying, and I was like, yes, this is it. Um, I hated marriage, the idea of marriage. I thought, like, I didn't understand what was the purpose, what was the point. Like, I understood, like, theoretically, obviously, if you're going to procreate, you need to have marriage. But, like, as far as, like, you know, the happiness that could come into marriage, I just figured, like, yeah, no, it didn't exist. Um, so, no matter what Hallmark says. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, Liars. Like Don't get me started on that, though. <laughs> Because one of my favorite movies is actually Netflix, like The Christmas Prince. Mm. <laughs> um, so I do, I do love me some Hallmarky cheese. Oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was my thing. But very similar too, I think. And this is one thing I'd say because I feel like today, um, with like red pill culture, you know, black pill culture, there's that that vein of like marriage is tyranny, marriage is oppression, 
that's very permeated in our culture. And I think it's causing a lot of us to not want to not want to get married, not want to have children because people keep telling you it's horrible. And you see anecdotal evidence, right? Hmm. Um, and then, but I think that's the thing that counseling really brought into my world was like, on the one side, God had brought me a somebody from my church too, um, Craig and Christina, if you're mm-hmm. listening, hi. Um, <laughs> and I actually got to go live with them for about six months and I got to just observe their marriage like as I crashed in their basement for half a year. Um, and it was just the way they talked with their children, the way they talked to each other, like it was just different. And then I think that was God planting a seed of like, hey, marriage is not what you grew up with. That's not my goal. And so by the time I got to Lisa, I was like, oh, hey, okay. I like this lady, but at the same time too, like still very afraid of marriage. And, uh, and then Kelly basically dragged that out of me through some very good mm-hmm. questions, some very good conversation points. Um, and I think that's really it. It's like, we have this idea of like, let's get married as the next step in life. But then it's, it's like, it's like driving a car cause it's the next step, but you never had driver's ed. You don't have any tools. Mm-hmm. You don't know the lay of the land. And I think that's what kind of got me ready was Kelly introduced the tools to have a successful marriage. Um, and I know I've listened to a lot of your podcast, but like when it comes to like some linings of like scheduling a night, that's just about talking mm. like heavy issues, which Kelly will call agape nights because it's a, it's not just about like flirtatious love or romance, or it's also not just going out on a date. It's very scheduled. Like, Hey, here's the things that I think are going uh, down the wrong road in our marriage. And they're going to cause hurt feelings, but you're building up this like tolerance to hearing somebody say something about you that you need to hear. That's not great. And then working with the tools of like active listening, you know, um, I know you guys throw around John and Julie Gottman a lot. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great tools there, but like the idea of like, okay, am I hearing my spouse correctly? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. my emotions are trying to tell me she's saying something that she's not trying to say. Mm -hmm. Um, And so once I kind of had some of those tools together, then that's when I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to jump off. Like I didn't feel ready, but I was like, God, I'll trust you and I'll go into this next mm-hmm. step. I'm ready to take the trust. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So you made the jump Yeah. and you got married and happily ever after. Right. Yeah. It was easy. Mm-hmm. Never yeah. fought again. We never had a problem. We never yeah. fought again. Yeah. <laughs> didn't have to call Kelly. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Yeah. You did have to oh, call Kelly. Oh, yeah. Wait, we did. Yeah. What was that phone, uh, phone counseling? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but that I think is a good segue to take us to, um, when we talked over COVID. Mm-hmm. And this is the part I really, really like about your story and why I wanted you guys on the podcast. Mm. So on the one hand, you guys figured out the commitment issues, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and one of the other cool parts of that story that you reminded me of and shared is the super importance of other people influencing you to regain hope, mm-hmm. especially for you, Lisa, regaining mm-hmm. hope that marriage could be a good thing maybe. Yeah. Um, but the second part that we're going to talk about is you've struggled with finances and most couples do, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, and this is going to get drawn out in our conversation, but this is a big reason why I wanted you guys on is that you haven't figured this out totally, Correct. right? Mm-hmm. Lisa and, tells me that, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that's real life, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, so Lisa, why don't you jump in and let's talk a little bit about that topic. 
we're the, I mean, in every marriage, I'm, there's like a spender and a saver, mm-hmm. I'm sure to different degrees. But in our, in our marriage, I'm the saver and Eric is the spender. And when we were dating, it was very fun for me because it was his money and my money. <laughs> and he's, he is very generous. Like he loves taking care of people, making people feel special. That is definitely like a gift that God gave him. So when we were dating, he would give me like, when I was like very busy at work or whatever it was, he would, you know, get something to kind of like cheer me up or let me know he's thinking about me. It was very sweet. And then when we got married and we put our money together, I was like, wait, how much (laughs) did that cost? That gift (laughs) that God gave him all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) Was taking my money. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then we had a lot of (laughs) hard conversations um, Eric, and I, I'm sure part of it is the way that we both grew up differently. We viewed money differently. And I grew up in a good Hollander family where you save mm. every single dime you get. So that's very ingrained in me. Um, and Eric like chooses to use and enjoy his money, which again, I don't think either one is inherently bad, but you have to have controls, I think, on both ends. Mm. And so that's the interesting thing God is doing with us is trying to iron that out of each of us to find more of a, a, a middle ground. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it caused a, a lot of stress between the two of us because I didn't understand why he didn't think the way I did and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I have to yeah, speak for you, <laughs> but um, so trying to figure out, cause it's not just a problem that like went away. We weren't like, Oh, okay, I'll do your thing. Then it's still like, it's mm-hmm. a, we've gotten, a lot better. We've grown quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we had we uh, did the Dave Ramsey financial piece. We did that yeah. a few years ago, and I think yeah, you, and I you think, did not want to go at first. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's accurate. Um, <laughs> so I think I think that's the funny part too. Is like there's um, when it comes to like the husband and wife sort of uh, I don't know paradigm. It's a very interesting thing is like when it seems like one person is the sinner and the other person is naturally the good person, there is kind of like this odd equilibrium unbalance there where Mm -hmm. it feels like all the pressure is on the sinner, which is Mm -hmm. that's me in the relationship. (laughs) Oh, Um, that's you. That's me. Okay. Okay. So like spenders are the sinners. Yeah, Yeah. write that down. Uh oh. I'm the sinner. (laughs) Takeaway number two. But it's so it's great. So Lisa would come into like our conversations with like, hey, I wish we were more responsible with our money. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I wish I wasn't like, you know, like a child with spending. Like, I wish I was a mature adult. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that kind of like, I would say, put like a bitterness between us that I was not aware of. And so right about the time we were doing the uh, getting ready for the Dave Ramsey program, um, that was something that we were having conversations about with. It's like, okay, I don't want to do this Dave Ramsey thing because the Dave Ramsey thing is reminding me that I am the child in this relationship mm-hmm. and I wasn't, um, I wasn't comfortable with that, right? So I hadn't really thought it out that well. But then that's once again, that's where you've got the tools. So you sit down, you talk it out. You're like, okay, so when you say, let's go to Dave Ramsey, are you saying, hey, quit being a child, grow up? and get on my level. And Lisa was very good about, no, that's not it. Like I get what you're struggling with. And the program is what's going to help us get together on this, help us be on the same boat. So mm-hmm. once again, I got to that point of like, okay, I'm going to have to trust and then drive on out. Mm-hmm. 
You brought something up when we talked about this uh, that I thought was helpful, and I want you both to uh, share it from your own perspective. And that mm-hmm. is, we talked about what is money to us, mm-hmm. and I think that was a very big dynamic with you. And you both have, again, you both have very different views about what money is to us. So, Lisa, what's in terms of those conversations? You guys had to figure that out. Mm-hmm. So, what was money to you? To me, it was uh, kind of to show what I had worked so hard for. Um, what a hard hard worker is also something that has been ingrained in me. So to kind of have that in my savings was like, good. I'm 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 doing good. I'm doing mm-hmm. a good job. Mm-hmm. And then to have it just not there, either when I need it or just when I want it, because I always, again, I just always had a full savings account. So if something happened, I was just like, eh, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's also security to me to see, mm-hmm. to see that there. Mm-hmm. So that's something that, um, when it does come up, cause I think it's come up in like sermons at church, just about, um, how much you're putting your trust, you know, either in various things, but like, for example, in your savings account versus trusting in God, figuring out where am I being responsible and where am I putting too much of my, like, I need to be safe by seeing this right here. Mm-hmm. Okay, the center. Uh, uh, what is money to you? Um, so yeah, for me, it was two things. I think like on one side of it, um, money was being able to, um, I think on one side, like take away stress. Obviously, there's like the um, stress relief of just going out and buying, getting that dopamine hit, you know, yeah. collecting, providing a fun little um, like surprise for Lisa or something. And then on the other side too, was it was it was really funny you say about your childhood. Cause like just kind of realizing for me, I realized a lot of it was my ability to buy what I wanted to, when I wanted to mm-hmm. was filling this desire to tell me like, Eric, you're not poor anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause I grew up really poor. Wow. And then, so that was my coping mechanism to be like, okay, well if I can buy what I want to buy when I want to buy, that means I've made it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like, then Lisa comes in and says, you know, Hey, you can't buy what you want to buy when you want to buy it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're making me poor again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. That mm-hmm. was a lot of, and to, cause that was, that's not anything that's in my brain as an understanding. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea, mm-hmm. like in the, when we'd be talking about it, I'm like, I'm not understanding what you're saying. And so yeah. Eric was able to, I guess, just explain it to me at, at some point, like, this is how I feel. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, like, okay, I can understand a little bit more about why, how, why you do what you do and how you think. Because mm-hmm. that's, I think, the most frustrating part is when you don't, you can't understand each other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 One of the things I love about the topic of finances is like you guys are describing, like neither view is necessarily wrong or, or maybe even right sometimes. Uh, there's value to all of it, but it's, it's something where you cause, you know, you have all that tension in the marriage because of it, Yeah, just mm-hmm. different views and you go, it, there isn't a sinner and a saint here. It's just very different ways of going about it. So right. really recognizing, like we talked about right up front, that, I, that the way of seeing, seeing things from a different perspective is super helpful and understanding yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what I'm doing when I say this to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. having that third party too, because even in that, it makes you think, am I, okay, am I wrong? Am I being too hard on him? Is this, am I not just being responsible? Am I passing it? Or mm-hmm. to get in your own head of, well, I know I'm right. I just need to get this guy to get on board mm-hmm. with me. To have that mm-hmm. third party give you some of that clarification mm-hmm. is very helpful. Yeah. Well, and again, I think one of the things that I want to, we're kind of joking about, you know, the spender is the center. 
Uh, but the spender brings beauty into your life. And mm-hmm. Lisa, I'm sure you have a lot of stories. I want to I wanna say this. Eric is one of the biggest gift givers that I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And I have gotten uh, two gifts in particular from you and Eric, uh, a beautiful copy of Screw Tape Letters. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was for Julie and I's anniversary. This one was a very special but funny gift. And it won't make a lot of sense to most of the <laughs> listeners probably, but Eric m- made me a gift utilizing Photoshop. And if you are a big fan of Sufian Stevens, again, most people are just, went, <laughs> who's that? They're Googling it right yeah. now. <laughs> but Eric and Lisa gave Julie and I such a cool gift. In fact, I maybe what we'll do is we'll have it a part of our social media mm. uh, because it's a very funny picture of Julie and I too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the spender does bring uh, joy and goodness. Like you guys took trips to a trip to France mm-hmm. and at, yes. ate at wonderful restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I sure, I'm sure you guys have amazing memories from that time as well as other things. Mm -hmm. But Lisa, you're right too. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. you got to have a budget. You got to, you got to know what you're spending and how much you're spending and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's been, it's been awesome hearing, hearing some of your guys' story and kind of where you've, where you came from, even back from when you guys were working in the kitchen going, I am never going to date that person. Mm -hmm. Both of you at the same time to then (laughs) ending up married and struggling through finances together. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I love this part where we get to put you guys on the spot and and ask you this question about what do you guys love about each other? So Eric, Lisa, bless each other. What do you guys love about one another? Mm, only one thing. <laughs> you want to go first? Me? Yeah, you go ahead. Okay. okay. Um, so this is the thing uh, with Lisa. I think my number one thing, and it's, it's part of the Kelly was talking about earlier, like what drew you guys together? Um for me with Lisa, it's a combination of Lisa is not afraid to do the hard thing. Um, and that's in so many aspects of life. But like the one that I'm most attracted to on a regular basis is her putting of God first in her life and like really, really chasing that down. Um, I have watched her oof, yeah, struggle through all sorts of things. Um, the most recent was infertility. Um, where, uh, for the listeners that don't know, we have one very beautiful daughter named Isabella. She's five precocious <laughs> and right now she's probably having a great time, but, um, we think she's a miracle baby. We think God gave us a blessing of a miracle with that baby because Lisa and I have not been able to have another child. And, um, that's one of the things is like watching you go through what you emotionally had was your required number of children for that perfect family that's in your emotional core and i watched you give every ounce of that to god to say like hey i am your daughter i will give up any of my desires for your will for me <laughs> like that's that's tops i should have gone first because now i'm crying <laughs> <laughs> i told you to <laughs> thank you babe that's very mm-hmm. sweet um i wrote mine down because i didn't want to forget anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but Eric, you, you're just, you're just an amazing human. Um, your mind is a force to be reckoned with. Mm. Um, you think so deeply and so intelligently. You challenge me to see things from different angles and different points of view. You're introspective and you're self-aware and you're always willing to acknowledge your own faults and work at making it right. 
You seek the truth and you seek out God in every situation and you lead me and our family to think and live as followers of Christ. And I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love your sense of humor. I love how you get me and everyone else laughing and having fun. You are so thoughtful and generous and you take care of people. You think of me often and you show me how you care in so many ways. And you're a wonderful father. I love watching you with our daughter. Uh, you're very patient and you're so much fun. And I love seeing how excited she gets to see you mm. and spend time with you. Um, and you're just, you're a, a tremendous partner. Uh, you work with me through the day to day, as well as the hard yuck that we've had to walk through. Mm-hmm. And you're strong. You're very handsome. And I can't imagine God giving me a better partner than you. Mm. That's that's the truth. Thanks, babe. Mm. That was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of just full circle about, you know, God's redemption and, Mm-hmm. in both of your lives and bringing you together. And it's been an absolute joy to get to know you guys. And and again, I think today's podcast, you know, that's why I wanted you guys on. I think the two big things that I pull from it is uh, for those who are out there, because whenever we make these episodes, we're trying to think of somebody, a couple out there, a person out there who's struggling. So maybe there's somebody out there yeah. uh, like you, Lisa, you know, that... Uh, Either you had a bad breakup or you ended up getting divorced and you think, well, that's it. God's mm-hmm. not going to give me another chance. And that your story is so beautiful. And that is, uh, he definitely gives you a different, another chance. And then the other cool thing too, uh, but this is the reality of marriage is that not everything is figured out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. that's why we get a lifetime to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, um, so thank you so much for being on the episode today. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah. So, hey, uh, friends, thanks so much for being and uh, listening to us today. Um, we, uh, we pray you've been impacted by today's topic and that you walk away with something practical for your relationship. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast. That's really huge in terms of getting it out there. And if you do have any needs, please email us at care at um, we'd love to hear from you and just any thoughts that you might might have. For Together, this has been Kelly and Andy. Thanks for listening to Together. We hope you've learned a thing or two. If you find the podcast helpful, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your listening platform. Leave a comment and give us a five-star rating. If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, go online and check out our website at adabible.org. Thank you.